Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. You're a thought leader. You know a lot, and you can share a lot, and you can tell a lot. But guess what? People don't want to read a boring book. You might bore people to death by sharing everything you know. So how do you decide what's important? How do you captivate the reader? How do you get them to read the book so they see you as the thought leader that they want to hire and bring in to change their company and change their lives? You're in the right spot because we're going to learn how to do that today. Hi, I'm Dan Janelle. I'm a book strategist. I've written more than a dozen books, and I can help you write your book no matter where you are in the process. I can help you as a ghostwriter, book coach, or developmental editor. Now, let's get started. Our guest today is Julie Broad. Julie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've written three books myself and also have a company called Book Launchers, which is a full-service self-publishing team who will help you write, publish, and ultimately promote your book so that you achieve your goals from your book at the end. Fantastic. So, Julie, how can you write a book that isn't boring? And I got to tell you, I'm working with a client now who's running a book that is like really, really boring. It's like a set of lists and checklists, and it's really good, but it is duller than a kitchen knife that's been through the dishwasher <laughs> 10,000 times. What can you do to bring this book to life? Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of different things, um, as I'm sure you're reaching in your toolkit to use them all. But the first thing I always start with is to focus on your reader. Who is that reader? And remember, the book might be about you, but it's not for you. And so you got to meet the reader where they're at and connect with them. And a checklist doesn't connect. You got to have some emotion there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think, you know, the, one of the challenges a lot of, you know, really, really, really experienced people have is that they're so good at what they do that they don't take it back to the beginning. They don't take it back to where they started and that and feel those emotions again of what it was like to kind of encounter the problem that they've ultimately solved. Um, and so I think that's one thing is think about that reader, think about where they are and think about how they feel right now and write to that. Mm, cool. So how do you tap into those emotions? How, what kind of stories can you tell that bring those emotions to light? Yeah, I think I think you kind of tap into, again, what you've already overcome. So maybe you aren't your you've never been your ideal reader. You're solving a problem for somebody that you haven't actually been um, in that. You know, otherwise, if otherwise, I say just write your story. Right. Like, How did you how did you get to where you are today? And what did you overcome? But sometimes you've solved a problem that somebody else has and you've never had that problem. But you've certainly had some sort of emotion that they're feeling right. You know, rejection, fear of failure, fear of success, imposter syndrome. Like those are all very common emotions. So tell a story about a time when you had that very emotion that your reader is feeling right now that's had them pick up your book. Give them that connection point so they they know that you get them, that you understand them and that your book isn't just going to give them checklists and tools, but it's also it is the thing they need and they want to read it. They don't just need to read it. Great. What other advice would you get? What other tools are in your tool chest to turn a book into a, a to a book that, you know, they just can't put down if any I mean, nonfiction book is in that category, but as close as possible. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of books can fall into that category. But again, it goes back to one of the tests I do when I get a draft is I look how many times, how many sentences, how many paragraphs start with I. Um, and as much as possible, you want to avoid that. I mean, there's always situations where you're going to tell a story and you're going to say I, but if you can put it into the, the words of a reader and be like, and tell the story in a way that doesn't use the I, right. You know, instead of saying, I felt this, imagine walking in a room and suddenly like all eyes turn to you, right. (laughs) That can put the reader in your shoes instead of saying, I walked in the room and everybody started to stare at me, right. Like it, it, you want to have the reader experience it like fiction, right. Fiction does that in such a beautiful way. And for some reason, nonfiction often just tells. And so I would say, you know, bring the reader into everything as much as you possibly can. And and seeing how many words or how many sentences start with I is a good test. (laughs) I I love doing that with my clients as well, because I'll say, I will show you how to blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, no, you will learn, you will discover, you will find out. And that way it becomes their, their book. And we talk about a signature story. I always have them put in lines like, has it, have you ever felt this way? Has this ever happened to you? And that way they could see themselves in your story yeah. instead of just being that, oh, wow, she's wonderful. I could never do what she did because she's just so accomplished. But you put those little words in there, those those questions in there, and it brings it back to the reader, which is really the whole point. Cool. Yeah. So, and that's, I was just going to say, and that's exactly kind of where, you know, one of the other tips I have is whenever you're starting a new paragraph or not a new paragraph, but a new chapter or a new section is to use those kind of questions or have a stat that will start or st- startle people or surprise them at least. So you're not just saying a boring stat, but like, you know, something that's going to be like, what? <laughs> or, yeah. or something that's even slightly controversial. Like my first book was a real estate book and I challenged people to like, I'm like, you know, passive income is a myth. Right. And that was kind of a challenging statement because most people believe they're investing in real estate for passive income. So I would challenge them. And so if you can start sections and chapters with those questions that kind of invite the reader in or startle them or surprise them, you know, those things will engage them and want to keep them going. You know, they'll be like, what is, oh my goodness. And they just kind of re-engage and keep going from there. Perfect. I hadn't thought about that. I used to do that when I was a journalist and I was a reporter and I'd use that all the time. Would you believe? And, you know, all that. I just haven't thought about that for a while. So sometimes we just need to be reminded about all these wonderful tools that are available. So cool. So cool. So you're a thought leader and you've written your PhD and you have 700 pages, but a book today is about 150 to maybe 200 pages at most. How do you decide what to cut? Yeah, I like to go back to that reader and finding a specific outcome of an outcome for the reader. So, and what I mean by outcome of outcome is I'm not just telling them how to become a leader. I'm telling them specifically, when you become a leader, you're now going to be catapulted to run the company, to be a C-suite executive, or now you're going to be able to manage all these, these, you know, millennials that are in this fast growing tech company, or, you know, it's like a very specific problem. Um, And when you do that, you can look at all of the material that you have, and you can see that only some of it is directly related to achieving that outcome of an outcome. The rest of it could be book two, book three, book four in the series. But for this particular book, you want to focus on that one outcome of an outcome and, and deliver on that. Cool. Do you have any tips on how to use your book as a marketing tool? to get more business for thought leaders, for professionals, for business executives? 
Yeah. First, don't think of it as a marketing tool. <laughs> a lot of people go in, they're like, I just need a business card book. And I'm like, that's the best way to write a crappy book and not have a book that you're actually going to be proud of is to kind of, because anybody can have a business card, right? You can go and print them off and voila. But a book is an investment of time, energy, resources, you know, thinking power. Um, and so you really want to think of it as how am I going to serve the audience that I want to build into my business? How am I going to serve them with this book? Um, and then use that book as a tool to have an impact in the world. And when you have that impact, people are going to want to work with you, right? A lot of people are afraid of putting all their best stuff in a book, but what happens is people read the book and they go, can you do this for me? Right. <laughs> I, I don't want to do I, you, You're amazing. I love what you did. Now you go do this for me. Um, and you've just laid out how to do it. They could do it themselves, but they don't want to. So, you know, that's why I don't think of it as a marketing tool. Think of it as an impact tool. And ultimately, it's going to grow your business as long as your audiences are, are the same and the problem you're solving unites with your business. Fantastic. Great advice. What other advice do you have for making your book sound more interesting? Yeah, I would say going back to that PhD candidate, because we've had mm -hmm. a lot of those, um, is really write it at, you know, as much as possible. You don't have to sound smart to your colleagues. Like we've had a lot of people who are really hung up on using those big words and jargon and things that make them sound smart to their fellow PhDs. However, their audience isn't that PhD candidate. It's the person that is, you know, again, it's that problem they're trying to solve. And so I, I don't like saying dumb it down, but you want to simplify your writing. You want to take it down to a grade eight level or lower. If you can, you know, grade six to grade eight, it's kind of that sweet spot where it's easy to read. It's not a chore because otherwise that's exactly what people are going to look at it. Like is this is a textbook and they're going to feel like they have to read it and it's going to sit on their bedside table and never, ever get picked up, which we don't want. So you really want to not worry about sounding smart to your colleagues and focus on creating something your reader wants to read. What's the biggest mistake that writers make when they're writing their book? Um, well, there's quite a few. One is that they don't finish <laughs> and they don't publish. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's that, I think it's the reader gets lost in this. And I think a lot of times that if you lose your reader, it's going to be very hard to market your book because you really want to focus on that reader and that, that very specific outcome they're getting because for nonfiction, that's what we're selling. We're not selling a leadership book. We're selling what happens after you've gained this particular style of leadership, what's going to change in your business or your career. Um, and you want to be laser focused on that throughout your book because it will allow you to market the book so much easier and, and people will tell other people about your book because you solved a problem. Fantastic. You've given us a lot of great information today. Tell us who your ideal client is and how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, we work with thought leaders and folks in business that want to write a book to help grow that business and that brand. And booklaunchers.tv on YouTube is where I hang out. So come on over <laughs> and we can hang out on, on channel. We have new videos every Tuesday and Friday. Uh, and then booklaunchers.com is where you can learn about our services. Fantastic. And everyone listening today can find out more than a hundred videos on our YouTube channel on how to write your book in a flash. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview 
can help you become a top business leader.